Hello, welcome to What's Left to Do. I'm your host, Janelle. Just a quick note, uh, part one with Alex will make a lot more sense if you listen to the bonus episode first. A lot of what he references about his childhood is related to his indigenous Chamorro ancestry and what his father endured as a child in Guam during the Second World War. today's guest. Super glad you asked. He is the incredible. He is the iconic. He is the indigenous. Alex White, say what's up to the people, Alex. Uh, Buenos and half a day, todos hamzu. Uh, my name is Alex, and I'm really grateful to be talking with Janelle. So, Thank good you. morning. Is hello, that what everyone. that translates to? Uh, yeah, hello, everyone. Oh, okay. What what language is that? Uh, tomorrow. What is Chamorro? Uh, Chamorro, uh, they're my uh, indigenous ancestral lineage. Ah. So, the indigenous people of Guam. So, ha! Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. I didn't know that. See, we're 30 seconds in and my brain is already just absorbing many new things. Uh, <laughs> how have you been, Alex? Uh, humbled. Humbled on the daily. Yeah, mm. I would say. So, um, yeah, just started a new, new path. My first position after leaving electoral politics which is now emergency medicine so ah, yeah so okay. still just uh yeah very much adapting to learning learning from the people i i cross paths with on a daily basis and yeah just extremely humbled like on a daily basis right for on. Sure. so we're because i already have Eight million questions swirling around in my head about how you made what that transition had to be like from electoral politics to emergency medicine, and maybe you know, I'm sure there's like a, a big uh, overlap in terms of the skill set. Um, but I, I want to go back to the beginning with you because I, we, I, we may have briefly spoken during the campaign, but I remember, um, I remember seeing you pardon me, at the Oakland office. Um, the It was a Friday. Uh, Claire <laughs> insisted that I go to the Oakland office this Friday for the, the Black Folks for Bernie event with uh, Danny Glover um, and, uh, you know, some uh, Black uh, community leaders. And you, I think it was your birthday that day. And yeah. you, you got, you, you, so they, they like had a cake and, you know, there was all of this, you know, just wonderful energy as there just was at the time. And you gave, you gave a, a, a little speech about, you know, you know, you, you being grateful to, um, you know, have made it another year. And there were some wonderful milestones that were going on in your life around that time. And I was like, I remember thinking like, that guy's probably got a story. But, and I, at that time, I had no idea that I'd be starting a podcast. But uh, when I decided, when this kind of came to form, I was like, Claire, I don't, I don't remember that guy's name, but I think he was the head of the Oakland office. I need you to put me in touch because I wanted one. So, uh, and here we are. And thank you for being so gracious um, to allow a complete wacky stranger uh, <laughs> sit down. I mean, we and were, hear your story. Yeah, we were in the movement at a similar time. It's actually almost exactly a year. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Since yeah. that, and I was just thinking, it's also like one year since we won, like the Bernie campaign, won Nevada in a landslide. Oh. So just like, do you remember that? Just yeah, what you felt at that time. That's one of the most. That's uh, probably the most hopeful I have felt since two thousand eight. Uh, you know, mm -hmm. I would say that was like one of the most like, oh, like we actually, it is possible. Like, right. like a, a people funded movement right. is actually possible. Like, there no no presidential candidate of either party had ever won the popular vote yep. in the first four primaries. Yeah, I'm like, that's right. This is our time. Yeah, that's right. We actually, so much of my work was, you know, so many people had been so um, disillusioned right. and just hurt and and you know just just painfully disappointed mm -hmm. by the electoral process like no this time is different yeah this time is different and it felt it it felt it like did. for that short amount of time between yeah. the nevada primary and the south carolina primary yep um yeah so it's it's just wild to be talking like i'm kind of like exactly like pretty much like a year yeah that's right like a year past that that's um, right so there's I, I i just i don't know if you know winnie uh she's um she's an activist and just like the mother of the left. In Winnie Wong? No, no, Winnie Porter. Okay. Uh, she's from Peru. Um, we So I just sat down with her and we were kind of just like 
you know, reflecting on, you know, it being a year from the, just that momentous time and that, that feeling. And I was, and I told her, I was like, I was like, I don't think I, I really, um, uh, understood until this moment but like I think I will be chasing that feeling for the rest of my life like and I'm not I mean that sounds dramatic but it's just like there, there was just there was just an electricity there was a hopefulness there was a there was just just I don't even know what the right word is but electricity and hope that is just like ah it's like it's happening and then it you know fucking Jim Clyburn and Barack Obama shut it down but I mean, yeah. but at least we got to experience it for yeah. a bit. Yeah. So I, I mean, I think it's important to like the the lesson we can take from that is like, yeah, it is possible for like a mass movement right. of working class people That's right. to, you know, uni unite behind an agenda mm -hmm. and connect with people in their community, you know, to to push back against the ruling class. That's right. You know, it's like, I mean, the concentrations of power. That's right. Like the like they like as soon as they feel threatened, they're gonna double down mm -hmm. and concentrate. Yeah. So and that, coalesce like, and coalesce, over, and, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and and you know, Close pull ranks. out all the stops and the tricks. And I think, but like you're saying, it's like yeah, we can remember that. Like in that that moment of time, mm -hmm. like like we will always have that. We we know what we accomplished together. That's right. And it means that like it can be done. It can be done again. That's correct. So that's you exactly know, correct. Yeah, yep. that's that's what I'm hopefully like. You know, in some ways, you know, it's like I I'm all over the place as mm. well in terms of like where where I've landed since mm. since that time. Mm. But mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. yeah, like where how like how far from the beginning do you want to do you want to start? I want to go back to day one. You were born. The doctor slapped your ass. You smiled and the world was never the same. <laughs> yeah. Back to the beginning. Our family is like the most liberal family that I knew. And now it's like mm. neoliberal, you know, like super neoliberal. Yeah. I dreamed of going to the air force academy mm. that was like that was my dream like i Growing wanted because mm -hmm, i was i was so taught to be like you know be a proud u.s citizen uh, i it, there was so much programming of mm -hmm. me um did the strong u.s citizen programming come from your dad primarily or you, did your mom feed into that as well she was definitely way more liberal mm. than my dad mm. um but you know, she grew up with like love the soldier but not the war type of thing. You know, like, see, it's like, yeah, like the, you know, it's like doesn't yeah, yeah. doesn't find the you know these wars just, yeah. but is not going to like fault the the soldiers. Sure, sure, sure. sure. Um, and both of them like idealists, mm -hmm. you know. And I I grew up super idealistic. Mm. You know, I'd say that's my like main political bent is mm. like an idealist liberal because I I really um, religion played more of a role like in my upbringing or like my of my up. Bringing, mm -hmm. rather than like po politically per se but i mean but it's so intersected because it's like the conservative evangelical movement mm -hmm, you know mm -hmm. um because you know like my, my my i grew up with my mom saying like you know the like a woman needs a man like a fish needs a bicycle type of thing so she was like <laughs> super like like my mom was super feminist like a, a really strong well-educated feminist who like you know taught me that yeah. and then my dad Chamorros like are like uh, a matriarchal society. Mm. So that like there wasn't, so I, I grew up with like, you know, my dad did like the cooking and cleaning yeah. and my mom really was like the main breadwinner huh, huh, and huh. she had to work two jobs. Like she, huh. she was an accountant. So my dad was um, a mechanic and he yeah. opened his own shop up in when I was four mm -hmm. in, in or five, 91. Yeah. Um, when I, um, so he was like self-employed mm -hmm. and my mom was the accountant, but he never made enough. Sure. Um, and so she had to work as an accountant at other places. So we'd have health insurance. Yeah. 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 Um, and you know, my dad, there's like this term in, um, Chamorro that's like, uh, enough, I'm still learning the language, but it's, it's basically this term. It's like, it's the Chamorro principle of, or value of like mutual aid. Uh, and it's like, I I help and support you now. Mm -hmm. And like one day, like you will help and support sure, me. Sure, and it's sure, just like sure. not about, you know, it's like, so my dad was a terrible businessman. Yeah. Because if there was like, if there was like a starving college student or mm -hmm. single mom mm -hmm. or anything like that. Yeah, I'll fix your car for you. Don't worry about it. Get exactly. It to me when you he would can. charge him for parts or maybe not even that. Yeah, you know, yeah, he yeah. would like waive the labor, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. And so in that, so I just grew up with like, in terms of like economically, just like, my parents always fighting about money because because sure. my mom's like in charge of the books and like Tony like we're not like you're getting like taken advantage of yeah. all the time yeah. and my dad's just like I don't feel right yeah. he's like he like he just like he's yeah. he just had that such ingrained like chamorro yeah. value of like of these people need help and like one day they're gonna help me out yeah yeah you yeah, know yeah, yeah. um and so I just grew up with my parents fighting about mm. money like 
weekly, mm. daily. You know, there's mm-hmm. like always like they took really good care of me, and you know, like until my parents split, mm-hmm. like I, you know, always had like a roof over my head sure. and like ate. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, money was a constant source of strain. Uh, um, how do you think that that? How do you think you understood it at the time? The strain on money. I didn't appreciate how hard my mom was working to like keep us afloat. Ah. Um, I thought it was like, I thought it was, it seemed like my mom was obsessed with money, uh-huh, uh-huh, you know? Uh-huh. Um, and yeah, and I, I don't think I fully appreciate it. Just like how hard my mom had to work sure. to like, I mean, you know, coupons yeah. and like, you know, do it. Like anytime we visited family, she would always book uh, the busiest flight possible. Mm-hmm. So we'd get bumped. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, um, she's like, she had like, I mean, they they just like, they were super thrifty, mm-hmm. you know. I mean, when we traveled, like we would like pack food. Yeah, you know, like with us, you know, it, it was just like all these things that I just didn't. And also, you know, like her her sister, um, like her twin sister, mm-hmm. her husband was like um, an engineer in the mm-hmm. military, mm-hmm. so he made a lot. Her brother was like a, a marine, mm-hmm. um, and everyone in our town, like you know, we. I'd say we probably made like the least amount of money like in my neighborhood or like, you know, like mm-hmm. in, I don't know like what radius, but like in my part of town, mm-hmm. you know, like, um, you know, it was definitely like middle-class white suburbia mm-hmm. and these like, you know, this like mechanic and like accountant working two jobs, mm-hmm. you know, just mm-hmm. kind of like didn't, you know, didn't really, um, yeah, just didn't, didn't have as much as like the people around us for sure, you know. Were you were you cognizant of that? Did you did you did you understand that as a child? No. Did you think that you what how do you try and go back? As a child, how did you did you think that everyone lived more or less like you and that you grew up quote normal? Yeah. You know I mean? Oh, totally. Okay. Yeah, except for the except for the religious part. Okay. Uh, cuz I knew like, cuz everybody knew that my family didn't go to an evangelical church. Oh, okay. Cuz they and were they, Catholic? No. No. My, so my dad when he let like yeah, they're they're um you know, my mom's like agnostic and my dad's more of like kind of like a yeah, I mean say just kind of this like indigenous humanist yeah, type yeah. of like you know just like uh yeah just yeah i don't know it's like he, he has a really i mean kind of like more of like a like uh like ancestral reverence like yeah, believing yeah, yeah, in yeah. ancestors yeah and tatamonas and and things like that mm. but not um yeah not not a dogmatic not sure institutional christian, yeah, evangelical yeah. christian but things things that my parents told me i didn't remember at the time but people would invite me over mm-hmm. for like a birthday party mm-hmm. and they actually like baptized me without like asking what my parents commit yeah because they knew my parents like weren't taking me to church and they like wanted to like save my soul whoa so those were the type of things that you know like happened you know like that they found out about whoa. You know, like, after the fact you know like um and you know we had like a darwin um like the jesus fish yeah, yeah. Like, so my you know my mom is like um pretty cheeky at that time it's like she got like the darwin sticker with mm-hmm. like the fish with feet yeah, yeah, yeah. and our car got keyed um wow like for that they did not appreciate yeah that. yeah wow, wow, um wow, wow, and wow. you know when i started driving uh there was like um you know bibles left on my car and like illustrated guys of salvation um wow yeah it was uh oh because the other thing it's not just the Evangelical vatican it's focused on the family so if you know anything yeah about, like, yeah yeah that's yeah, headquarters yeah, yeah, in Colorado yeah, springs yeah. oh god so james dobson like huge Focus on the family, huge mm. presence, as well as New Life Church. Mm-hmm, I remember mm-hmm. Ted Haggard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was this. So that, did you ever see Jesus Camp? No. The documentary? But I know what you're talking, I know what that, it's. Half of that was filmed in Colorado Springs. <gasps> so it's just, you know, so it's just like, it's just every day, there's yeah. just this constant pressure, <sighs> like, you know, of like um, that. So like, I felt more, the thing, the thing that I knew we were different is like, I knew that we were, I knew that we were like liberal and Democrats, and mm-hmm. I knew that like, most we of the were the only like i was the only family i knew that wasn't christian wow i didn't know anybody else who didn't go to like an evangelical uh i knew a cat like one of my friends was catholic mm-hmm. but I, or two so i knew two catholics and everyone else was evangelical christian mm. i didn't know anything else what are some of your fondest memories of growing up in colorado springs fond absent of the unauthorized baptisms at your friends parties because <laughs> what the fuck like when I got off of school, like mm-hmm. I, I'd be at my dad's shop, mm. um, and I like he would like on Fridays like we'd go to like garage sales, mm-hmm. like we just go and just like, or you take me to King Supers, <laughs> um, like a grocery store and like, um, or like Sam's Club and like we just like get all the samples. Like, nice, that's how he would like <laughs> feed me, um, and uh, yeah, and then like you know I would I would kind of like 
answer the phone, you mm -hmm. know, and like fill out like the repair orders mm -hmm. and things like that. Mm -hmm. um, and then like if there was ever like a spare, like spare change left over, I'd go down to the 7-Eleven mm -hmm. and pay a street fighter. Nice. Um, yeah. So just like, you know, um, I had a really, I mean, I feel really, I had a really great, like, great childhood. Mm -hmm. I, get, I mean, I wouldn't say like, I mean, hiking, like around Garden of the Gods and like I lived like right back up to like uh, this, um, uh, was called like Ute Valley Park. Mm -hmm. um, so, uh, and just being, yeah, just being in nature. Mm -hmm. um, I think I, I just had a lot of exposure to like um, nature because it's like right on the kind of like urban wildlife interface. Mm -hmm. um, having animals in the backyard, um, you what know, kind of, a, what kind of animals? Oh, just, uh, I mean, when I was really young, like raccoons and ducks and, mm. um, dogs mm. and cats. And, mm. Yeah. Cause my mom, uh, my mom is a huge animal lover mm. and, um, yeah, like when she, when it, she was an accountant for like, um, like the Payson Zoo, which is kind of like an animal rescue, like mm. in Arizona before. Mm -hmm. And when the zoo closed, there was like all these animals that like had no place to go. So we took like, oh, okay. um, animals like that. Um, and yeah, what, um, yeah, I mean, playing, playing football, like, like, you know, sure. I was like, I, man, I was, I was such like all American. I like, yeah, love football, love the military. Mm -hmm. Like, um, <laughs> what do you think if you, if you're, if you're all American child self were to see I don't know how you would describe yourself now, but were to see yourself now, like what would what would little all American Alice say? Have no understanding. <laughs> not just not a concept. Yeah, yeah, because it's like I didn't I didn't identify as Chamorro. Mm. Like I didn't understand. I didn't. I never heard like the words capitalism. Like <laughs> right. you know, I yeah, didn't. Yeah, yeah. I I did. You know, I ne I never really heard capitalism or communism. Huh, like those huh. things weren't like. Sure. Um, you know, I mean. I was so kind of like just like about like red versus blue, uh, you know, uh, like, um, but I so believed in like America. I just like loved America. Like the idea of America. Yeah. I mean, yeah. The mm. story, the story. Mm -hmm. I was just, it just was so, so the myth, mm -hmm. the myth was mm -hmm. so romantic to me. And mm. I, and honestly, I taught, you know, it's, it's hard. I don't find many people, but like, I feel a sense of loss like mm. with that because I'm like, man, I used to, I used to believe, mm -hmm. I used to believe that I used to believe that this was a, a country that like treated people well. Hey. And I used to believe that like leaders like had the best interests. Mm -hmm. Like it's a, if you've never believed then you like, if you've had that, if you had like a, a critical outlook, mm -hmm. like you, I don't think you, you have the same grief around yep. like when, when you yes. have like that grief program yes. around yes. like, oh man, this country that I loved, I loved and believed mm -hmm. in. I feel, I feel so betrayed. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, like having this, Having this family member, like, yeah. you know, I, I mean, you could equate to like a grandfather. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You just like, you just, you just revere and worship yeah. and revere. And then you realize like he raped and murdered yeah. and stole <laughs> everyone in the neighborhood. Yeah. You yes. know, and I'm like, but I love my grandpa, right, right. you know, and it's like, it's like, how do I, you know, like, I'm still, I'm still trying to like, you know, like Grapple. integrate that because sure. it's like this understanding, you know, it's, um, I'd say the, my earliest radicalization was like eighth grade. Um, hmm. well, I mean, one thing before that was like, we were an hour south of like Columbine high school. Hi. Yeah. You know? So yeah. like that, but the thing is I just like everyone around me was like pro gun. Like the only sure. person who was like, was like for gun control was like my mom. Mm -hmm. I didn't know anyone else in my life, mm -hmm. you know, which like, man, again, props to my mom for just like really like holding her ground when mm -hmm. like just being, I mean, so we were like the minority in terms of like mindset mm -hmm. and like political beliefs and like, like in so many ways, mm -hmm. but I didn't, because I'm because I'm like so white passing in my lap. My name is Alexander Michael White. Mm, right. You know, like no one's gonna guess. Yeah, no one's gonna sure. guess like, like are you mixed indigenous? <laughs> you know, like I just look, I just look like I have a nice- You know, you think you, I mean, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily know that, I wouldn't necessarily clock you as indigenous if I didn't know, but I would guess maybe something's happening because- People would guess, but uh -huh. that, that's the thing. It's, you but know, they wouldn't necessarily guess indigenous. Yeah, well, so and, it, and it's enough white. Yeah. And especially in the winter time in the mountains. Mm -hmm. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so, yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, and just there's like, there's none of that around. Sure. There's just no people of color around in Colorado Springs. Sure. You just like, you just assume. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, you know, all the kids are just like, yeah, I, you know, my my dad faced things, but I sure didn't face anything because of mm, like the way I, I looked. So like the rest of my Chamorro family did, yeah. you know, so I kind of saw like, I could see 
I could see the upward mobility of my like mom side mm-hmm. and then the challenges that my dad's side, you know, and I'm mm-hmm. like, just, but I didn't, I didn't think about it because no one talked about race sure. in Cardo Springs. I see. Ever, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and my family, like I only saw my family mm-hmm. on like, you know, like on Liberation Day. Yeah. And so we're just partying. We, I only Wait, the rest of your dad's family. family came over too? Who else came over? Everybody eventually. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. And settled in Colorado? No, no. California, mostly California. Got you. Okay. Mostly California. Okay. Um, how, did, how did you understand your parents, probably primarily your mother's politics growing up? Um, like, how would you, how did you understand it as a child, do you think? And how did, how would you describe it now as an adult? So my mom, I would only think of it as like Democrat. Like, I don't think I would even use. Like mainstream. Liberal. I wouldn't use mainstream. I'm just like, oh, my mom's a Democrat. Okay. And everybody else is a Republican. Oh, okay. Everyone else. My dad, so my dad, mm. he like loved Reagan. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. of because of the like, yeah. my dad is just like by the narrative. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. he loved the like Reagan narrative. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He loved him as like a a character. Yeah, he loved the character of yeah. Reagan. Um, and he also like the eight fifty KOA was like the news radio station mm-hmm. uh, that he always played on his shop. Mm-hmm. And he like he loved Paul Harvey and the Denver Broncos like football. <laughs> and so like he would have it on. He'd just have it on the shop all day. But in between Paul Harvey and uh. The, talking about the Broncos would be like Rush Limbaugh, mm. and he just had it on in the background. Yeah, and then for years, my dad became really conservative, uh-huh. just from like talk radio. Sure, and so he voted for Bush both times, huh. and that was like a conflict in our house mm. for sure. Um, but yeah, I think it was like when we did a report about um, you know like in second grade, it's like choose a president, sure. do a report. Um, uh, he like I picked JFK, and mm. I think. You know, like, I didn't, I mean, my mom, I was, like, really, in, we were really involved in, like, local politics. Like, mm. she would take me to, like, honking waves, oh. like, when I was in kindergarten for, like, school board measures. Uh-huh. So, like, mm-hmm. I just, I only understood politics in terms of, like, electoral politics. Uh-huh. I had no, I thought that was the only thing. That was politics. the only arena. Yeah. I got you. Yep. And then money was just a source of, like, constant stress and conflict. Sure. But it's just because, like, I thought it was just, like, my mom wanted more of it mm. i didn't think of it as like a, you know like i thought it was just like oh because like the my friends have more mm-hmm. and my family has more mm-hmm. we're the only ones that have as much as they do mm-hmm. so she just wants to have as much as they do uh, i didn't have any concept of mm-hmm. like she like stability the need yeah, to survive that she, like she's the only reason why like our bills guy ever got paid uh, uh, you know because it was my dad like it wouldn't have happened it wouldn't because he was yeah, cool, when they when they split, yeah. like we moved into a shop, like we didn't have like water, or, like, Whoa. Or, like a kitchen or anything. Like well, that. wait, how old were you when they divorced? Uh, summer before my freshman year of high school. And you stayed with your dad? Yeah. Oh, okay. And yeah. you, but uh, how? What was that like? What was that transition like? Um, yeah, it was really volatile. I mean, it was just like it. You know, is my parents are both great people, but sure. they, um, they they just have such. They're just incompatible. Yeah. In terms of like culturally mm. and in terms of like probably mostly like around raising a kid uh. and then around um and then money mm-hmm. and and culturally you know just like cultural so what values. do you mean you you said about the money part what what do you how would you describe their incompatibility around raising a child and culturally my mom had come from, from like a really strict of like like i'm the parent what i say mm-hmm. is like mm-hmm. You like what I say goes. What goes, mm-hmm. yeah. And honestly, I mean, this you know, this is getting like personal, but I think my dad had made had made a lot of mistakes in his first marriage, uh, where he took his wife's side, uh, and he like you know my my siblings, mm-hmm. um, you know, like didn't he didn't, yeah, he didn't like take care of my like or like he he didn't stand up for my siblings, uh, and so I think he like saw that. And mm-hmm. he's like, oh, this time I'm going to like. He tried to overcorrect mm-hmm. for how he perceived his mistakes in his yeah. first marriage. I yeah, see, yeah, yeah. I see, I see. Um, so, but I, you know, but I think it's just like in terms of um, my mom was like a, a, you know, white European introvert who mm-hmm. just didn't like big family gatherings. Mm-hmm. And my dad is just like. Even though she was Italian, part Italian? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Well, because she was mostly raised by Germans. Like oh, she was Italian. they are stiff upper lip. Yeah, yeah. Schoenbecks. Yeah. Schoenbecks. That's like. <laughs> it was like the Schoenbeck side, you know? So like she. Yeah. So yeah, my. So my grandma, my grandma, like she had this big Italian family, but she only, she lived with her 
my my grandpa mm-hmm. who was a who was a white supremacist he was like Ooh. he he loved my dad sure um but he uh he you was know. a german white supremacist yeah i mean well it was i mean just kind of like you know your casual american bigot you know gotcha. i would say I like, gotcha. no, like you're run of the real you're run of the mill yeah mid-century slurs, racist yeah you know mm-hmm. um yeah racial slurs and prejudice but not like nothing violent Nothing physically violent. Nothing physically violent. Sure, I got you. I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. You know, um, but. So they were, so they were, your mother was a disciplinarian and like a, what I say goes, hush, sit down, children should be seen, not heard type of parent. Your dad maybe was a, was a bit more. Um, it was more around material belongings too. Huh. Um, so like my, my mom, um, she's like the most responsible in her family. And so like anytime someone passed, like she was in charge of their like getting their uh, estate together yeah. yeah 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 um and so and then also people like they pass down family heirlooms to her ah. and so like you know family heirlooms just like any, you know like like anytime we broke like broke something you know there it would just be um she would freak out yeah it would be it'd be uh yeah there'd just be lots of fighting mm-hmm. in the house lots mm-hmm. of yelling and screaming and um a lot of like yeah really painful like traumatic things around that and for sure. my dad it's like it's just a thing. That's right. You know, and so I think that like the the cultural importance around like material belongings, yeah, as well as like money, yeah, those were the two things. You know, because mm. my because like her her family, like the, especially the Germans, were just so like yeah, um, had such like a rigidity and centered worth around yeah. job title, yeah, and economic status. That's right. Um, and for my dad, that just wasn't. It's like family. Yeah, it's yeah, like yeah, family yeah. first. You know? right. And not and she of course like but her way of taking care of family yep. was like preserving family heirlooms uh-huh. and keeping the family financially stable. That's right. And for my dad, it was um showing love. Yeah. And, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, you know, to like it, you know, this is something only as I've matured now I'm reflecting is like it's incompatible because like then my my dad got to do more of the family things uh-huh. and my mom was left with the burden mm. of like the financial things uh-huh, uh-huh, you know uh-huh. so like she wasn't able to participate yeah in the she family was working things. all the time yeah yeah, yeah you know yeah. wow um what you, and so they it finally came to a point where it's like we we they decided to part ways because mm-hmm. of these these areas of incompatibility and you moved in with your did you get a say in which parent to go with uh yeah i mean i just i just went with my dad okay it was actually um like i like flipped my mom off that was like whoa is it because you resented her and and your perception of how the importance she she put on money and you as a as a child as a youth you understood that as like she cares more about money than she does the family and me um she was just it was she was she was the source of discipline you know, and I just like, and she was like, and she was, you know, we butted heads. I was a shithead teenager. Sure. Everybody's. She was just like, you know, you know, like, I'll call it nagging now. Mm -hmm. There's a better term for it. She was nagging me about like, and I was like across the house, like, you know, like, you know, it's like, oh, but I was like going um, up some stairs and I like did this like on my head, but she saw it in reflection of like, Uh picture on the wall uh-huh. and then like yeah she uh yeah she lost her shit mm. and then my dad's like this is going too far uh, um that's just what she knew gotcha she just knew of, like, and and you the, and because that's what she knew and and also you know like teenage time is a difficult time even under the best circumstances for any family yeah. but like you guys you guys really just clashed and like that she wasn't your favorite person around that time. No, no, I'm I couldn't. Sure. No, and I just wanted to yeah, get like, away from her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I understand. Um, but I'll say like, it was like that. That was right around the. I mean, I was definitely becoming um, like challenging authority was mm-hmm. like definitely coming to like my like in in eighth grade. I really got into Rage Against the Machine, huh. the band Rage Against the Machine, yeah, yeah. and that was actually like the opening of like my like political consciousness Hmm. more than anything because uh in their album evil empire Mm -hmm. they have in the liner notes Mm -hmm. um they they had like this whole spattering of like revolutionary books Hmm. um and one of the books was uh a people's history of the united states Ah, by yeah so i checked that out in eighth grade Ah, ah. um 
and I just started getting introduced to these radical texts. And so like I, so that was like the thing of like, you know, like the first part is like talking about like Columbus mm -hmm. and like his like genocide of like the, um, yeah, of like the indigenous people. Of like, mm -hmm. I can't remember which island. I think oh. it was Dominican Republic or what was at that time called Hispaniola, I think. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Or so, yeah, Puerto Rico or Hispania, something like that. Yeah. One of, yeah. Basically Russia. not mainland US. Yeah, that's right. So like fuck that guy. Yeah, fuck that guy. One hundred percent. But uh but yeah, but so that like I would say like that um rage against the machine is like really like I started like that I became kind of like anti authority uh -huh. without like a, a deeper understanding. Sure. And like it's starting to learn like, yo, the stuff they're teaching us in school is bullshit is not mm -hmm. the whole story. That's right. You know, so like, but I, but the thing I was like, I'm like, oh, so like, so then my like political understanding was like, okay, I love our country, but not the government. Ah. You know, like that was like, mm -hmm. my, I kind of became anti-authority, sure. anti-government, mm -hmm. but like soldiers are good. The country is good. Mm -hmm. It's just that. Mm. Um, and yeah. And then like Luna, my dad, you know, like, yeah, we just didn't like, we moved into a shop and mm -hmm. didn't have like running water. You know, like we just went down to the 7-Eleven. Wow. Um, and, but the thing is like, because he starved for so long, like mm -hmm. he always gave me like food off of his plate. Sure. Like I just like, I never went hungry. Yeah, like, that yeah, That was yeah, the yeah. thing. That's like his, one of the things he like takes pride in is yeah. like, since the day I was born. Yeah, like, you've I, never I, starved. I've never been hungry. Mm -hmm. You know, it's so, like, I can always say that. Like, yeah. I had a roof over my head. Yeah. And I like, I like always had a full belly. Did you, did you, were you able to hide that from your peers? It was during the summer. Um, it was like the summer before my freshman year. Uh -huh, and uh -huh. so like eventually like he he got an apartment right next door, uh -huh. which is like across from a meth lab, you know. So oh. like that got raided by like the oh, DEA. Whoa. So, you know, it was just kind of like it went from it went from being uh like living in, you know, like white suburbia to like living in In the trap. Yeah. Okay. So like um but yeah, I didn't uh and then and then like the shop was next to a house and then like we eventually like moved into the house that was like like on the same lot uh -huh, uh -huh. um um so yeah so like and you lived the rest of high school with your dad yeah pretty okay. much i'd like go visit my mom mm -hmm. but like it was it mm -hmm. was so contentious and i actually yeah and then i had like you know this is i mean this is gonna get if we're gonna does this does this podcast have space for spirituality because like yeah Okay. We, didn't, so, we got in your ancestral history. Take yeah. us on through the spirit. Yes. Um, so like the first, so the first time I ever went back to Guam was like in '97. Mm -hmm. I was like in '10, mm -hmm. and like I, um, my dad took me to, um, yeah, to like an old house that was like next to a graveyard. Mm -hmm. Um, and um, he said some prayers and asked for permission to come in, and I went in, mm -hmm. and I, I felt, I felt like physically like lifted up yeah yeah like by like spirits yeah, yeah. um happened to be my first time going to west africa so i understand yeah, yeah but i didn't have any words for it yeah, 10 no, years no, old, I'm you like, don't oh, have to have that? words where you yeah, you felt you know, it you experienced i felt it, it. Yeah. um you know i felt like you know so i guess it's like you know if i'm looking now it's like embraced by my ancestors mm -hmm. like felt some type of mm -hmm. energetic exchange with like the the ancestors that were underneath me and like yeah. that was returning to my ancestral mm -hmm. homeland mm -hmm. um but then um you know, like around that, I mean, you know, a few years later, I had um, like three or f three elders die within like, um, like a, like within a year. Um, like, I, and I've had, I mean, to this point, like to this day, like I've had like 30 family members like no, pass away. That's um, hard. You know, so it's like, so like death and, and this we'll circle back to like when we hopefully get to like the end of like my, like my journey of like where, where I'm, why I'm doing what sure, I am today. Sure, sure. Um, but um, I, I heard voices. Yeah. Um, I heard people calling my name and one of them was like an aunt that I was like, she didn't have any children mm -hmm. and I was like one of the closest children in her life. Yeah, yeah. Um, With this, you heard these voices when you went back to Guam for the first time? No, when I when I came back to the States. Ah, uh -huh. And a Chamorro tradition um, is that like after, so that was the thing. That was one thing that like I knew I was different. Mm. Um, after I, that trip? Uh, well, growing up, is uh -huh. that anytime a family member passed away, we'd mm -hmm. always wear red. Because uh -huh. that was a sign mm -hmm. to the um, to the ancestors who passed, mm -hmm. especially if they had passed kind of before their time, yeah, yeah, it was yeah. a natural death. Like, uh, and if they were close with the child, mm -hmm. it was it was to mark to the to the recently transitioned ancestor, like this this child is to stay with us. Ah. Like they're supposed to stay in the earthly realm, because ah. otherwise, 
they would want to bring yeah, the child yeah, with them yeah. um, and the spiritual home. So I just, you know, that was the thing, like nobody else wears like red like, right, for while three months. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's right. After, like, after their family members pass away. Yeah, but yeah. that, you know, but I didn't, it was not a big deal. It's just like, oh, that's just that's what, just kind of, this is what my family what it, does. Yeah, but, yeah. You know, you know, we don't go to church. So I yeah. guess this is like, you know, um, but so that elder passed away, I heard voices. Mm-hmm. Um, and now, I mean, just last year, I asked my dad, I'm like, hey, dad, if we'd been living in Guam, like, mm-hmm. what would you have done? He's like, I would have taken you to the Surahano, mm-hmm. which is like the, you know, the medicine man. Mm-hmm. And he would have like, he would have developed, he was like, you would have like learned how to like communicate with yeah. your ancestors and tell them like, I'm staying here. Yeah. You know, you'd give them reverence. Yeah. You'd like build an altar. Yeah. You know, you'd do medicine. Yeah. You'd like give gifts. Yeah. But you'd tell them. But in the U.S. There's no. There was a, like, you know, it's like they hear, you're hearing voices. Yeah. Um, and also because the I heard the voices saying like, you know, like kill yourself because they wanted me yeah. to, to join be with them. them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so. And if you don't have a culturally competent therapist or, you know, mental health provider, like that sounds like. They diagnosed oh, I me have su- suicidal as schizophrenic ideation. Yeah, and bipolar right. yeah. at the age of 13. Oh, because of that. But that's because, because that. they had no. Under- I yeah. See what you're saying. Um, wow. And so, yeah. What so, did your mom think about that? Um, yeah, I mean, she thought I was mentally ill. They, ah, I you know, see. I think it's it's hard. Um, they're not able to like. I think because it was such a such a painful process, mm-hmm. like that whole thing. Because then, I just got started putting on. I was like, you know, I mean, I heard someone, I heard an indigenous elder call it. It was like a pharmaceutical witch burning. Mm-hmm. Um, because I had, I was like developing a relationship with my ancestors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I was just like pharmaceutically like uh, sedated, sedated and and wow. put on medication that like who is it is it Pfizer probably um they knew the medication they put me on Paxil yeah they knew at the time uh-huh. that it made um kids and teenagers suicidal but they knew they were gonna make enough money on it yeah. that they'd be able to settle the claims God. so I was put on medications that made me yeah sedated. Like, so, well, sedated and su- suicidal. I see, I see. You know, and it just like, it, they Ooh. knew that it was going to like yeah, mess yeah, up yeah, kids. Yeah. And so like. But uh, so, go ahead. So then I just, I, so from the time, like from seventh grade on, uh-huh. I thought I was mentally ill. Wow. But the, but what was really going on, which they don't, they don't mainstream medicine or, you know, whatever here, mainstream Western medicine doesn't really have a concept of like someone being here in the flesh and having a connection to the spirit mm-hmm. realm and like everything that happens there. I yeah. understand what you're saying. Yeah. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So, so that, I mean, so that, that kind of like, you know, I got meds and then like, I kind of went off cause it made me a total zombie. So yeah. I went off for a year, yeah. but then, um, I started having like panic attacks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so then I went back on medication and it just like, I lost, I lost like most of my high school to like being on wow. meds um, and like being like hospitalized wow, in mental wow. health facilities and just oh my god yeah so like I mean you know my IQ dropped like I lost the ability to read seriously I gained yeah uh, uh, I had yeah. to like relearn how to read because this like medication was just like it just completely wrecked you well and and the psychiatrist would just like give me samples without doing like blood oh tests. my god so they just come in like like see me for twenty minutes like hey is this working I'm like no I'm having all the symptoms like give me a new medication no wow wow and my wow, my wow. parents are just like they'd never experienced this before sure. and they're like they're the experts yeah they're seen as the experts yeah. and it's just like that was the only person we could see on my mom's health insurance. Yeah, that's right. My dad didn't have health insurance. Right. You know, so it's like, so it's just like, that's the best we could get is like a 20 minute visit, sure. like once every other week that Oof. it might get samples. And just be like messing with your body chemistry. Yeah. With these Going through puberty. Sex- yeah. <laughs> it is a, I mean, thank God you're, I mean, it's, I, I'm, this is not a dramatic thing to say, but like, it is nothing short of a miracle that you're still here. Because For sure. That's like, Mm-hmm. Yeah, because mm-hmm. I saw what happened to like kids who didn't. Yeah, I see right. them now, yeah. and now I go to like John George Psychiatric Hospital. Yeah, and I see it. Yeah, um, you know, I'm so grateful. Yeah, but I think is my dad. You know, I lived with my dad, sure. and my dad like just had an alternative because he he's he saw Sudohanos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah, yeah. growing up, yeah. You know, like there was you went like if you broke something, yeah. you went to the naval hospital. Yeah. But if it's anything else, that's right. You like went and you got plant medicine yeah. that was prepared yeah. like, by the village. Yeah. Before I went to Guam, mm. my mom, like so much credit to my mom. Like she actually, like no internet, mm-hmm. like like called Guam. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know, like 18 hour time difference or sure, whatever, sure. you know, like, um, 
uh, called Guam and like ordered a catalog from mm. like University of Guam and like ordered books, like children's books. Mm. So there's like, you can't find anything. Like, yeah. I mean, that's the thing is like, being Chamorro, it's like nobody even knows where Guam is. Yeah. They that's don't right. even know what it is. That's they don't right. know where it is. That's they don't right. know any of the history. So like, that's something that like growing up too is just like, oh, like, oh, what are you? You know, because I think I would get asked like, mm -hmm. oh, I'm like, I'm Italian and Guamanian. That's mm -hmm. what I'd say going up. Like, what's Guamanian? Mm -hmm. You know, so like, I think just growing up, I mean, that was something too. I got excited to tell people. Yeah. But it does, I, it's, I don't, I haven't actually thought about that yet. Like, that's something I'm still in reflection. Like, what was it? Like, what impact did that have on me? That mm. like, anytime somebody at, like, anytime I told someone where it was, mm -hmm. they didn't know. Mm. Like, you know, I, I took it as like excited as the chance to tell them. But like, yeah. did that have an impact? That like, sure. you know, it's just like, you know, nobody even knew where it was mm. ever. Mm. Um, but like, my dad didn't even know Chamorro history. Sure. At the time. Like, sure. he, like when he got, when we got those books, we were learning Chamorro history together together because mm -hmm. he, you know, like he, he didn't hear that term. Right, right, right. You know? So like, yeah. So no, he didn't, he didn't, um, that wouldn't, that wouldn't, I don't, it never would even cross his mind. Wow. You know, it wasn't even until I asked him about it mm -hmm. that he's like, oh man. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's like, if you were like, you know, yeah, like a growing up, that's what would happen to me, but I didn't. Sure. You know, that's like the old ways. That's yeah, like, yeah, you know, yeah. like. And it, people come to devalue the old way because it's associated with something that you've been. It's like a witch doctor, like, yeah, you know, right. it's just, yeah. But that's so, exactly. Um, but yeah, so my, but my dad's, but at the same time, you know, like he, so he wasn't like, that wasn't consciously, but subconsciously, I think he knew. Mm -hmm. What was going on. Like, so it's like, ah, this isn't this isn't the way to, like for a kid to heal. You know, like, there's like, I don't think something like, so like, you know, that's why I said, cause my mom was like very much about all those appointments and me, I'm like, I don't want to take this medication yeah, that's anymore. Right. I don't want like, please, please yeah. stop. Like, I don't want to, I don't want to take this anymore. Yeah, I, but then I was having so many side effects. It was like, I kept, I was getting side effects from the medication yeah. that like, then they would give me more like psych meds yeah, to yeah. like deal with those. Yeah. You know, it's like. It's a cascading yeah. effect. Um, and this is not, I just wanted put this this is not a repudiation of psychotropic drugs like you know of course there oh, yeah. are people who but what i'm i just want to be clear is that in alex's case he was he was his diagnosis was based on a a cultural a lack of cultural understanding of what he was experiencing he wasn't actually schizophrenic and bipolar like no. so but but in him being treated with drugs for that, that created the problem. Like, but he, different people exist in different ways, particularly if you have, if you have a connection to the spirit world. So I understand, I just wanted to make that clear. Like yeah. if, if your doctor, if you have a diagnosis from your doctor and you on drugs and it, it, not drugs, you're on medication in order to manage that, do that. Yeah. This was not the case for Alex though. That just, that absolutely. Just yeah. clear no, about there's, that. Uh -huh. I, I absolutely see it. Like it, it has, it is made so many people's lives better. Yeah. And at the same time, like, I think just like, like self advocacy, like yeah. just because like one doctor says it, like you have to do your own research. Yeah, that's know? right. And I mean, yeah, that probably shaped like my understanding of things too, because like I learned after the fact is like that the APA, like in the DSM, mm -hmm. they like, they wrote that in to like, the, you know, the pharmacy, like just to recognize behind the scenes, the pharmaceutical lobby mm -hmm. has like a vested interest That's in right. doctors prescribing these medications. So like at a quick clip. Yes. Yeah. And so like, and so that like, that's why there's this huge uptick yep. in diagnoses of ADHD and yep. bipolar That's right. in teens because like right. this new market. So like, yeah, absolutely to your point, like these medications, like there is clinical research. That's right. They are, they can treat people who need that medication, right. you know, like, but that, but also when, when all you have is a hammer, the world looks like an, or whatever the fuck that term is. Like if all you have is a hammer, the whole world looks like a nail. So it's like the fact that these companies have the profit motive to expand into ever, you know, expand into new markets, quote unquote, of people to sell their thing to. It's like, okay, now we, you know, now there are all these conditions that children need to be treated for. And I'm not saying that don't treat your children, but what I am saying is I remember very clearly one of my, um, one of my Spanish professor in high school, um, Mr. Bain, who I hope he's still, uh, he should still be alive. He's a Trinidadian men live forever. But he was saying like, uh, he was, I don't know. I don't even remember why the fuck we were talking about this in class. But anyway, he was just, you know, he was railing against, you know, all the, you know, children being over medicated now. He was like, you know, because when I was growing up back in Trinidad at the boys school we went to, we all had ADHD. We all had what you would call ADD or ADHD now. And like, 
and but that's just what it was but you can still man you know you you can manage children differently but i think the the way that we have come to expect you know children to like sit perfectly still at a table or a desk for hours and you know not let their little imaginations wander what you know what i mean it's just like that's not a that's not a deficit that's it, like maybe maybe the content is boring also children need to move and you know like not everybody you know some people are kinetic learners blah 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 so anyway i'm just yeah. reinforcing your point absolutely mm -hmm, mm -hmm, yeah mm -hmm. it's uh yeah oh, i could i could do you still on all those things do you talk to your ancestors now yes do you have an altar yes oh right on okay yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. Do, is that yeah. like a part of your regular spiritual practice it is okay. yeah yeah mm -hmm. i mean i try to i i give thanks to my ancestors daily yeah you yeah it's, you a, got it's to. a daily ritual because that's, right. that's that's why I'm alive. That's right. I am alive because of my ancestors. That's right. Like, the you know, and it's the, the a Chamorro saying is like, Aniti Aniti Itau Tau 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 Ha, which mm. is like, what is ancestors? Our ancestors. Mm -hmm. And like, um, what is human is like human. Because mm -hmm. like, whatever, like, like we can only control what we can control. Yep. And the rest is like, you know, like, you have to give it up to the ancestors. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. And that's I, true. Well. Like, what, what has happened like then mm -hmm. and like, what happened then and since like mm. i like can only attribute to like sure. like my ancestors like caring for me ah, um mm -hmm. like protecting me you yeah, know yeah, keeping yeah, me yeah, alive yeah. yeah that's right for real yeah that's right um but yeah so like i didn't yeah i didn't think i was going to graduate high school because of um, that time because that time everything i dropped apart. out i dropped oh. out and i and like because i couldn't go to school yeah i was so like like Zonked out farm yeah pharmaceutically incapacitated yeah yeah that yeah. you know like so i had like you know my school district, thankfully, it was mm. a public school district, like had like they had like in-home services type oh, of thing. Mm. They sent, you know, like this teacher and men, like, God bless like Mr. Matthews, mm. like Christy Emerson and like Chris Matthews. Like mm. those two like are the reason I like graduated mm. high school, mm. like for mm. sure. Cause it's like um along with my parents. But man, there was stuff like, you know, because I was going through all that mental health stuff, like there, like the rumor that went around school is that mm. like I was possessed by demons. Say, oh, know? because you're in an evangelical wasteland. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got you. I got you know, you, so you. it's just like it's um, you know, and and there's like not, there's like a mental health stigma already. Yeah, I mean, this of is of course because you should be able to pray it away. Yeah. Uh -huh. So there's like oh, there's like mental health stigma just in general public, and yeah. then the religious yeah. mental health stigma. Yeah. And I even went, you know, my friends like invited me to a group because mm -hmm. like oh, like like when I just gotten like out of the hospital at yeah. one time, yeah. they invited and they they wanted me to talk about because oh man, that was the thing. This is how this is how fucked up the programming was. Mm -hmm. Is um, you know, because people were they were like they were trying to help, yeah, but they only knew like what their youth group was yeah. telling them, oh, and so they're like, I'm like I'm like oh maybe the reason why I'm like maybe the reason I'm like mentally ill because mm -hmm. I believed it at the time. Of course, you know? how could you not believe it? You know, it's like, you I'm that. like, it's like, because maybe I don't have like an, a close enough relationship with God. Okay. That was ninth grade. Sure. Couldn't go to the Air Force Academy with a mental illness. Yeah. And so I'm like, well, what do I do now? Mm. And then I'm like, oh, like I'm going to make films because like, huh. like telling, telling these stories, yeah. that's going to change. Uh, uh, uh. That's going to be changed. That's like the idealist perspective mm -hmm. I had at the time, mm -hmm. you know? Mm. Um, I knew there was injustice, mm -hmm. uh, but I thought it was like from like corrupt corrupt like politicians and like government figures and business people but as a whole people are good yeah you know mm. um and yeah so that's just kind of like you know just like that's what's weaving in between like like that's like when i went to film school i went to i decided to go to film school after uh, high school after high school you were able to did you get a ged or were you no actually i was able to graduate because okay. i had a tutor There's who two. like he adapted it he adapted to like the way my brain was working uh -huh. it's like what every kid who's like going through like a learning difficulty yeah, should yeah, have yeah. is like you know, someone who's like, because there's some days where like, I couldn't read. Yeah. I just like the medication, the side effects, I couldn't read. Fuck and he's like, yeah. mm -hmm. you know, so he's like, okay, we're not going to read today. You know, nope. but like he took me, he took me to, um, he was a scientist. Like he took me to like do like field research ah. with like bighorn sheep. Oh, right on. You know, I got to like, you know, like things like he adapted to like. Your classroom way. became like, your, you got a customized classroom to like yes. the way that you were able to learn or process information, hold on to it and learn. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep. Which I feel like, man, how did, I mean, it's just because I had a, uh, this counselor who knew how to like get a, a resource in a public school district. Yeah. Yeah. And not, and not, so many children don't have that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just, it just, and, and that there was like a teacher who could, Yeah. you know, cause That's he right. was a full-time teacher Yeah, and he did this like, wow. In addition, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, it's just like, so 
that's yeah i wouldn't if it wasn't for those two you know I, and my parents of course yeah of course like i i wouldn't have graduated high school but yeah i was able to finish on time mm. like even though i dropped out for i don't know how long wow you know but i mean i did i had to do summer and like makeup sure, and all sure, this sure, stuff, sure, sure, sure. yeah i finished and then um yeah and then I, and so then i went to yeah i went to montana state university tell me about college and film school were you were you, at this point were you had you had you been weaned off of the psychotropics when you left for school pretty much yeah mm. um because i had a doctor dr chandra nagati who um <clears throat> had a more holistic approach nice. and so in colorado in colorado uh -huh. yeah yeah it's just like um person who's now my stepmom mm -hmm. um had had worked with him and mm. uh yeah he he did um eft um with like, like tapping um as well as uh ces cranial electrotherapy stimulation mm -hmm. Um, what is tapping? Um, it's just like, I mean, the, it's just like you tap on different like points of the body. Is it like acupuncture? Basically. It's like, yeah, it's like, it's like acu. Uh, acu tapping. I, yeah, acu tapping. Yeah. So <laughs> mm -hmm. I do not, like, I cannot explain it. So I'm not even going to try okay. to like explain it. But um, he taught me that. He put me on like fish oil huh. and a sun lamp mm. and then cranial electrotherapy stimulation. I was able to like go more go off of almost all of my medication oh right on mm -hmm. and did were you were you feeling better were you operating oh, yeah. better mm -hmm. okay for sure okay um i mean i always struggled academically with like the like the sit down and read yeah 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 and i would like if i could do anything else like that's why i um you know like if i was able to do an alternative project like mm -hmm. to make something yeah or and and it came to the point like if i could make a video instead of doing a book report mm -hmm. even though it took three times as long mm -hmm. it like it was easier for me to like make a video rather than like write something sure um so you went off to school as a functioning happy version yeah, of yourself yeah high okay. functioning okay happy um yeah and and really my my thing is like i wanted to i wanted to make movies mm -hmm. you know and i thought that like that was that was like a, a way to bring about um awareness and change was through like was through like mm. moving pictures mm -hmm, that was, like, mm -hmm, that was mm -hmm. like kind of my main thing like, like i'm gonna do that and i'm gonna tell stories mm -hmm. of like stories of people who haven't been told mm. um that was like kind of like that that was the that was the thinking at the time you know when you left for hours. school mm -hmm. you wanted to be like a a filmmaker mm -hmm. or a documentarian um both okay both. yeah okay. i think i mean i think like fiction i actually probably like kind of like historical fiction because I, ah, uh -huh. I always found like real life to be way more interesting than like fantasy fantasy of yeah so just like to to dramatize and tell these like amazing stories that mm. never got told that was like the real yeah that was the real interest and so like i was so consumed by like film mm -hmm. like that i was i pretty much everything was just like film mm -hmm, like from, mm -hmm. until uh -huh. until the like 2008 presidential campaign Just happy my man got through it all okay Ooh. all right um make sure to come back for part two which is just as much of an eyebrow raiser shall we say okay see you tomorrow